Again, awareness is key. When we have that awareness in the first place, that's the number one thing, the number one thing we can do to stop energy vampires. And why I say it's the number one thing, because once you're aware of a pattern, after a while you see it so often and so much that it's so in your face that you just get tired of it and you start to actually do the next steps of changing it. And that's setting boundaries. This is the Mind Body Detox Podcast, where we discuss all things integrative health and wellness, interviewing folks from all over the world, sharing insights and wisdom on how to live a healthier life in mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to the Mind Body Detox Podcast. I am your host, integrative intuitive medium, Kara Loveheart. Now I'm very excited about today's topic because I've experienced this phenomenon for most of my life and it's not until recently that the term energy vampire has actually become a household name. It's something that we actually talk about at the water cooler at work. We're very well well aware of what it actually means. Now, of course, the mythology of vampirism or vampiric energy in nature has always been in our lore as human beings. We've talked about these creatures of the night that steal our energy and suck our blood. And, you know, there is something that's very fascinating about that as a metaphor. And I find it really interesting that when back, I think it was really in the 90s where we saw this huge increase in vampire movies. We became almost obsessed with this concept. And I find it very interesting because when we have something that we as a collective are really intrigued by and interested in, and you see it in all over the media and in movies and in music, it's fascinating to me when it's popular because there's some aspect of that metaphor that's reflective in our lives, I find. Um, that's very interesting to me because vampirism is the act of trying to acquire energy, life force, whether it's physical blood or, or something, you know, in, in, in the, uh, the vampire stories, it's physical blood. But I mean, like we're talking about acquiring energy or life force or stealing something from someone that we don't have trying to take. So there's this taking thing happening now. In, co- in contrast, we, of course, had later on this whole zombie theme that came out, zombies being very popular. And that's another whole topic. But I find it interesting. Again, that topic is relating to us maybe not thinking about what we're doing, being unconscious in our patterns. And very fascinating that The Walking Dead, um, when that came out, and then, of course, all the zombie Day of the Dead, all those old movies back from the 80s, it started to progress in this huge thing that people love. I mean, people love Doomsdays and they love Armageddon and End of Days and End of Times, you know, movies in general. And that's very entertaining to people. But I find it interesting, again, to look at these correlations. Now, energy vampirism is something that I feel like has been on the rise. And that's why we're now more aware of it and have experienced it in our lives so that we can actually put a label to it. And I believe why this has happened is that we've lost our own sense of self. We have not gained a full sense of our own confidence as a person, you know, growing up, um, that has something that has really been taken away. Um, over the last 30 years, we have less of a sense of self 
and self-esteem. And since we're so tapped into the social media collective culture through all these different forms of, of connection, we are always mirroring and trying to figure out who we are based on what we see around us. Instead of just, just being at school and our social circles or at church, we have a lot of other places that we're comparing. And because of that, we're always looking outward instead of trying to find a sense of self on the internal, looking inward. And I think that's really interesting because what we see is we see this sense of inadequacy, insecurity, and fear, which becomes expressed as a behavior that pulls on the life force of others. It's like we don't know who we are or what we're supposed to be or we feel inadequate or insecure or fearful because maybe we're comparing ourselves. And that comes up in so many different types of ways, but a lot of times we pull on the energy of others that either someone that maybe has something to give, that maybe we're fearful and that person's a giver and we're going to you know, unconsciously take from them. And I'll make a note that unconsciously, like that term is very important to remember here because many of you listening to this podcast might discover after this episode that you might have traits of being an energy vampire and you weren't even aware of it. And I want you to not feel bad about it because honestly, it's one of those things I think for years, I had some things I was doing in my life with with some of my really closest friends and loved ones that I was actually emitting behavior of an energy vampire. So again, I want you to not feel guilt, don't feel ashamed. It's just this matter of, of lack of awareness that you might carry around these certain behaviors. But if there's anywhere in our lives that we are feeling insecure or inadequate or fearful, this is where we can, again, try to rely on others for support to help us feel less afraid, pull upon others, bring other people down so we feel better and not inadequate. Maybe we can try to seek attention um, to be able to validate ourselves, or we can put other people down because we feel inadequate. We want people to feel horrible like we do. Or if we put other people down and we judge and consistently enact that behavior, um, that can help bring other people down to our level. Or again, if we're feeling deeply inadequate, we can put them down so we feel we feel higher, we feel up. So we're, we're kind of pulling energy. You know, we're we're pushing someone down and pulling off their you know that energy for them and taking away from them. Um, by being cynical or complaining or, you know, barash, you know, berating them or whatever it is. And it brings us up. Um, and then of course there's, there's, there's many different other ways that this can show up. But today I'm going to talk about the three categories of energy vampirism and 12 different, 12 different types of energy vampires that I see, the common different types that I see. Now, before we go into those categories and the types, let's first figure out if you've been a victim of energy vampirism. So this usually comes up when you interact with another human being, or maybe you are interacting with another human being and you're this person, where you leave feeling completely drained, or you leave feeling completely elated and feeling boosted. Now, there are circumstances, of course, whether you're hanging out with friends or family and you're having a good time, you feel good, you're giving energy and it's exchange and it's a back and forth. It's not parasitic. It's not a vampiric in nature. It's boosting and lifting each other up. It creates more energy. You're creating love. You're creating community, communion. And that's what the difference is between vampiric energy exchanges and interdependent supportive energy exchanges. Because energy exchanges that are um, mutual 
in what they're looking to get out of the relationship dynamic and who that lift each other up and create more love and acceptance and less insecurity, less inadequacy and less fear. Those are the opposite. Those are very healthy dynamics. Again, the opposite types are when you leave feeling down, you feel tired, you feel drained. And especially if you're someone out there that's a healer or someone that is um, someone who's there to help. A lot of times that dynamic is very common for people to see you as a source of nurturing food and come and they're getting help from you and they might um, unnecessarily use your um, kindness or your giving nature and then you feel drained afterwards. Now, of course, we're going to talk here at the end, like how can we stop energy vampirism? What type of things can we do? Um, but again, we're first just, just figuring out if you've experienced this. Now, I think with the, some of the examples I'm going to share to you might get a little bit more of an idea. But when it comes down to the to the bare bones, the concept here, it's have you been in a, in a dynamic one-on-one or in a group where you leave feeling drained, you leave feeling tired, like your very life force has been sucked out of you. You just want to either fall asleep or you want to cry or you want to just feel lower than you did before. So that would be the definition of an energetic vampiric dynamic or exchange that may have taken place. Now let's talk about the three categories of psychic vampires. Now this is important. I, of course, as an, as an intuitive and a medium over the years, I, I've seen so many individuals in their relationship dynamics with work or with their children or with their partners or their friends socially. They've had this sense of, again, insecurity, inadequacy, fear, and trying to figure out how they can empower their lives. And a lot of times they feel like something's wrong with them. When a lot of the cases, it's really a matter of they have energy vampires that are in their lives and they have to take some steps and make some different actions to be able to change those dynamics. So another reason I should say that we want to be aware of energy vampirism is when we don't have energy vampires in our lives, we're not allowing people to suck our energy. We have more life force. We have more energy. We have more creativity. We have more inspiration. We have more life force. I'll just say life force. We have more spirit that animates our bodies, that gives us the passion, the inspiration, the drive, the motivation to, to live our life. Um, we're not letting people bring us down. We're not being sucked dry. And we're using that energy and that life force to create something. But what's very interesting about when we do that, a lot of times... We're, we're shining more of our own spirit, so to speak. We're expressing that life force. We're shining it on the world. We're helping. We're doing something that makes us feel good. And when we do that, it's like shining out this huge like spotlight. And that's when we send, tend to sometimes attract energy vampires or even um, energy vampires in the category or the type of an energy bully or a troll or cynical types or the downer types. And I really want to just remind you out there that this is one of the biggest reasons why I work with people to help them detox from energy vampirism and look at where they're allowing these things in their lives. Because when we're trying to empower ourselves and level up or, you know, have a better relationship or lose weight, like you can start to experience this group around you that tends to keep pulling you back down. And it's a really big reason why some people can never get out of a habit or a pattern or a behavior because they're so easily influenced by those people around them. 
So let's talk about the three categories. The three categories are the downers, the attention seekers, and control freaks, as I call them. So let's go through each one of them. The first type is the energy vampire downer. These are the people that serve to just pull your energy down to their level or just pull energy in general. And again, please, please remember that this is something that may be completely unconscious. It may be a learned behavior from someone else, or it may be socially acceptable in that social group. So again, please, whenever I'm talking about that, there's just no need to judge in anything we're talking about with these categories and these types. The reason why I bring this awareness again to this podcast is I feel like we need to be aware, are we being energy vampires? Are we being downers and attention seeker? Are we being control freaks? Because when we can become aware of that in the first place, then we can shift it and we can start to fill up with our own life force. We can, again, really um, change our lives when we do that. So again, I just, I keep going into this. I know I'm going to using a lot of words that are emotionally charged that tend to be more negative, um, in connotation. So I want to be very clear that when I'm talking about these, there's, please don't allow yourself to judge them. Observe it objectively, just like you're observing and learning a new, uh, term, um, just to describe these type of um, energy vampires. So the downers, they're drawing energy. They're pulling energy from you, bringing you down. These are the people who are maybe pessimistic. They might be negative. Uh, they could be very cynical or they're the, the complainers in your group. They, they may be the people that are always finding something negative to say. Um, negative Nancy's is a, is a term you've heard before. And uh, in SNL, the Saturday Night Live, they have an amazing character called Debbie Downer. I was actually a Debbie Downer, and it was one of those things that was part of my anxiety. Now, again, I had no awareness that I was doing that. I had no awareness. It was one of those things that I had had struggled with anxiety, and I always felt like, well, something's going great. This is amazing, but no, you know, this might happen next, or, you know, this is a great, but now this is this, this, you know, and, and trail off into a long story, and... It wasn't until I become aware of the Debbie Downer and actually my partner partner showed me that SNL skit and I looked at that character. I was laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, I am a Debbie Downer. I'm so embarrassed and I had no awareness of it, but I was due to my own insecurity, which was showing up as anxiety, was pulling energy and pulling other people down because I felt anxious and insecure. And in that, a lot of times you unconsciously feel alone and you want to bring people down to your level, especially if they are, you know, happier than you. And this is why misery loves company. You know, the downers tend to be in that type of category where they're, you know, all pessimistic together and cynical together. A lot of times they just kind of feed off of each other and like validate each other off of their cynicism and complaining. And it does cycle through and so they can kind of pass energy through each other and, you know, fill each other up and get excited about the things they're complaining about. But it doesn't actually lift them up into a place where they can find contentment and joy and happiness in their life, which is what they really want in the first place. That's why they're complaining because they don't have it. So it's very interesting that that uh, particular group can cycle through each other and hang out with each other. So the downers are the types that pull energy from you, bring you down to their level. The attention seekers, I think that all of us have experienced the attention seekers. These are the talkers, the emotional vampires, and the drama queens. And I love the show 
Um, there's a really great show that was put out that's called What We Do in the Shadows. It's on FX, I believe. And there is two characters in that show that are hilarious. One is a gentleman named Colin Robinson, and he is a talker energy vampire. And, and actually in the show, it is a show about vampires, traditional vampires that are, you know, they're creatures of the night and they, they live forever and they suck blood. But one of the characters in the show is actually just, um, they call him a day walker, where he can, he can be out in the light and be out in the day, but he's the person in the office that comes up to you and he'll start talking and just talk at these long monologues and people start to get tired and they start to fall asleep and his eyes light up and he gets this jolt of energy and he walks away smiling because he's basically pulling and feeding off of their energy. I love it so it's so much. It's, it's something that made me laugh so much when I um, learned about it. Um, in Because I knew in my own life I'd experienced people that were talkers. They wouldn't know when to stop talking, even though you would give them the cues like, okay, I got to go. You're jingling your keys. You're getting a little uncomfortable in your body and trying to send all the body language cues to this person that you have to go, or you're sending socially acceptable behavior to this person and they still keep talking. You try to maybe put your two cents in or, you know, some way to get this person to realize it's time to end the conversation and they don't. So that's very, that's very much a, uh, an attention seeker type. An emotional vampire is someone who's seeking emotional support at nauseam to the point where it's not actually healthy. It's something that they consistently are relying on other people to feel okay. Um, I need you to take care of me. Am I going to be okay? What if you're not going to be around? They also seek pity and validation through these experiences. Um, and they tend to be very codependent. I think that I was an emotional vampire when I was in my teenage years. I was someone that was really insecure and felt a lot of, again, anxiety. And I sought a lot of emotional support um, beyond uh, what was probably healthy. And so this is something that's really common. And again, I don't think that we're aware all the time that we're actually pulling energy from people because we can be so grateful, especially if we have helpers in our lives that are there to actually help us and then they feel good about it. They're like, oh yeah, no, I'm so glad that I could help you. But there becomes a, there comes a point in that dynamic where it actually is more enabling to the person than helping to empower them. It enables them to continue to stay emotionally distraught and, and relying on that, that helper to help get them out of an emotional um, point in their lives or whatever it was that they were struggling with. That show, the What We Do in the Shadows, also has a character that her name was actually Evie, Evie energy vampire ev and she actually was someone in the office this gentleman the talker colin robinson he uh one day there was a new employee at the office and he walked up to her and he was trying to suck her energy by talking and talking and talking and she starts talking back about how everything in her life was you know this is happening and i and basically pulling pity and trying to create this this energetic dynamic back and forth and so there were these two energy vampires pulling upon each other and they both realized they were energy vampires and they went around the office and were competing for the for the uh the regular people and trying to use their psychic energy vampire powers to suck the life force out of these people. But I think that you guys can relate to um, having someone in your life that either they don't know when to stop talking and you just start to feel drained or someone who's overly emotionally uh, codependent on you or 
or on anyone. They seek pity and that support and that validation. So those are um, two of the top types of the attention seekers. So again, attention seekers are people that pull energy from other people for validation, um, maybe to quench their own inadequacy or insecurity or to help them not feel afraid. And a lot of times it it boosts them up. They feel better when people are looking at them and giving them energy and giving them um, praise and all that or support. Now, the last one in this type of the attention seeker is a drama queen. So drama queens are similar, except for a lot of times they like to engage with other people and create that drama. They sometimes can be also complainers and cynical and pessimistic, but it's more so gossips and talking about this person and that person or people who can maybe be addicted to drama where they're addicted to a heightened state in their life. And when things start to calm down, they actually will recreate drama and start to bring other people into that drama. And then they suck in the energy of fear into that dynamic. It's like this cycle that they start to get other people in their vicinity, fearful and anxious and feeling, oh my God, I can't believe they said that or they did that. And it starts to, again, pull energy of fear and chaos um, into that group. And then the dynamic is then pulling upon each other. And again, the drama queens like the attention, but they like also to feel in control. So they can um, usually use that manipulation or that gossiping to also control people. So they can also go into the third category of the control freaks too. Um, But mostly it's just about that intention, attention. Um, But also you have to think about there is a positive aspect to if you're someone who really likes attention um, and you know it and you're consciously aware of it, there's actually a really healthy outlet for that, which is making music or maybe acting or singing or performing or public speaking or doing a podcast um, or something like that. Like, especially for me, I'm definitely a talker, but I've become more aware of, hey, I need to stop monologuing here. Um, and, you know, really listen and to have an exchange and conversation. But for me, it, a lot of times it was, um, this is a gift for me to be able to talk and have long monologues and be able to get a lot of information out. And I think if you have that, that and you're aware of when it might be draining people and you're aware not to use it in that capacity and use it for bringing people up um, and uplifting people and empowering people, then that's okay. Same thing with the drama queen stuff. If you love drama and you like to be the center of attention, there is an amazing way that you can utilize that skill to, to for comedic value, for bringing people up, for entertaining people, and you can use it in that sense. So just if you have those capacities, just think about how you're using it. Are you using it again to perpetuate inadequacy and security and fear in yourself and using it as a behavior to pull on the life force of others? Or are you using it to uplift other people and expressing in yourself adequacy, security, and self-confidence and that you're expressing through that behavior and that you're pushing out your life force and feeding, um, I'd say feeding off of your own connection. You're not needing to pull from others. And so the last category is the control freaks. So we went down the downers, the pessimists, is, is the pessimists, the cynical complainers, the Debbie Downers and the negative Nancys. They pull energy and they pull people down to their level. The attention seekers are people that just pull all the attention, all the energy to them. They're not necessarily always pulling them down into negativity, but they're pulling the attention to them. That's the talkers, the emotional vampires and the drama queens. And then this last category is the control freaks. 
I think that this type of category of energy vampire is a little bit more um, pesky because this type of energy vampire feels so inadequate and so insecure and full of fear to the point where they start to not just pull energy from people emotionally and, you know, mentally, but they start to try to control the actions of other people. And that's where I think it's, again, um, really hard if you recognize that you have this capacity. Like, please, again, have gentleness and have compassion for yourself. Like, this may be the first time you're hearing of this. And even if you know someone else in your life that has these capacities, there's no need to judge and to put out more anger or frustration with them because that perpetuates fear. And it actually perpetuates the reasons why they have these behaviors in the first place, inadequacy, insecurity, and fear. So if we're loving and accepting those people and following some of the guidelines and steps I'm going to say in how to combat energy vampires here in a little bit, then we'll be able to support people to be able to find their own life force instead of feed off of others. So control freaks, the pesky ones. These ones, again, they're trying to not just drain your energy, but they're trying to control you and your actions. So the different types of control freak energy vampires are the trolls, like the internet trolls, or you could call them the bullies. If you're if you're not someone that's been on the internet a lot and it, you're not aware of that term, it's people that would be considered bullies. We also have the passive aggressive types, sexual energy vampires, the hulks, and then the straight up manipulators. So let's start with the trolls. The trolls are also attention seekers. They sometimes like to come in, in and out of chat rooms and wreak havoc and wreak chaos. And it's fun for them. It's entertaining for them. But it's more entertaining for them not only because they're getting attention, so they're kind of in that category too, but most importantly, they like to control other people's actions and responses and reactions. They get some sort of boost from getting people to be reactionary. Our younger generation is being bombarded by this type of energy vampire and it's actually very socially acceptable to be this way. And I find it really interesting. My son actually is someone that trolling is something that's fun and hilarious and is socially acceptable in his age group and his uh, circle. And I found a lot of my friends, um, their, their children as well. And I find it interesting because, you know, in the teenage years, a lot of times there there's this sense of needing to try to be controlling. You're, you're going through that teenage angst and you're trying to figure out how you can use your identity, this budding new sense of self to you know, be in the driver's seat. And I think that um, trolling and bullying, especially when you're feeling inadequate, insecure, and fearful, is just the easiest way at this time to utilize social media and internet platforms and YouTube and all these different chat rooms and things like that and groups. For those that age group, it's the best way for them to be able to get energy. Again, because they're feeling inadequate, insecure, and fearful. Go back to those main reasons why we have energy vampirism. So internet trolls and bullies, those are the control freaks. They're not just seeking attention, but they're also seeking the ability to control your actions and reactions. The next type under the control freak category is the passive aggressives. I know that you've experienced the passive aggressive. These are friends or family members or children even that when they don't get their way, they are usually passively aggressive. They're trying to use body language or um, 
other means of using their frustration to get you to do what they want to do. And that's really draining. It can be really draining because you are, you're recognizing the behavior a lot of times and you're like, they're being passive aggressive. Well, they're trying to pull energy from you. And a lot of times when they're pulling energy from you mentally, because you start to mentally feel frustrated that this is happening, they're trying to cross a boundary of yours. That's when we usually, if we're very tired and already drained from all the other types of energy vampires in our lives, that's when sometimes we can we can give up, especially when we have children that are throwing tantrum, temper tantrums, like outright being like the hulks, which is the next category, or they're being passive aggressive. It's sometimes easier for us if we have so much going on in our lives and our energy's already drained to just give in and just give them their way. And I'm just telling you that you're letting them in And what do they say about vampires? Don't let them in your house. They can't come in your house unless you invite them in. You know, it's the same thing with all of these. If you have passive aggressive children or spouses or friends or family members or aggressive aggressive, you know, you're allowing that behavior through not setting a boundary. So I talked about the passive aggressives and the next is the hulks. Those are just the straight up aggressives. They throw temper tantrums. They're not as passive about their frustrations. And again, they're using that energy to try to manipulate and get their way and control your actions or your reactions. So that's something that's pretty common. Um, I think we have a lot of a lot of anger in our, our culture, but I think it's more socially acceptable now than ever, ever to use your anger and frustration to control your spouse or your partner, or your friends or family. And and I think that that's, that's, that's something that, again, hopefully with awareness as we share and learn more about these types of things, we don't do that anymore. It's not necessarily healthy, but it does help quench our sense of inadequacy, insecurity, and fear temporarily, you know? The last two types in the control freak category are sexual energy vampires, which sometimes you might, we might label them as like an incubus or a succubus. That's like a spirit that sucks your sexual energy, that type of thing. It's interesting lore and and, and stories about that, but then also the straight up manipulators. So those are the last two categories. And the sexual energy vampires are ones that I'd like to talk about because we don't always realize that we might be utilizing our sexual energy to try to get our way, or again, under the controlled freak category, manipulate someone or our partner to be able to have them uh, change their actions to meet what we're looking to have done. Now, I feel that it's been totally programmed in most women in our culture to use your sexual energy to get what you want. And I think that that, even if that person is not trying to use that sexual energy to actually have, have sexual relations with another person, but be able to get their way, to be able to get the job, to be able to climb the ladder, to be able to influence someone or manipulate someone. That is actual energy vampirism. You're using uh, that power and it's so intertwined with the, the mythology of vampires that they're very sexually influ- influential in that they're able to seduce anyone that they will. So again, Please keep in mind, if you have used your sexual energy in the past to influence someone or even influence your spouse, you know, just being aware that that, um, you know, is it something that's building someone else up or is it feeding their on, on your own inadequacy or insecurity or fear or on someone else's to manipulate and get your way? So there are ways to use your sexual energy in a way that's playful, that's supportive, that's uplifting, that supports love and connection in your in your relationships. But just make sure you're not doing it in a way that's trying to feed your own insecurities um, and trying to drain from someone else. 
And then the last one under the control freak type or category is the straight up manipulators. Again, these are the just people that are out there to manipulate. They're the salespeople. They're the people that are maybe sociopaths, maybe. And we usually talk about gaslighting as a common action that they're doing. And they're using that to manipulate others. And that's one that to be aware of. I think, again, when we think about control freaks in these different types, these are the ones that are the more pesky. They're a little bit more influential and they're not just pulling on our energy, but they're change, trying to change and shift our actions. So in recapping what we just went over there, we have three categories of energy vampires. The downers, those who try to pull on our energy and pull us down. The attention seekers, those that are trying to pull energy from us to look at them, pay attention to them, give them energy because they don't feel validated or they feel insecure and inadequate. And then the control freaks that are feeling super inadequate, insecure, and fearful to the point where they feel the only way to be able to rectify that fear and insecurity and, and get rid of that anxiety, that deep unconscious stuff they're dealing with is to be able to not only influence you and pull your energy, but change and potentially be in control of your actions. Now, I want to say that we perpetuate energy vampirism because we are afraid of being boring. I think that's very interesting to think about that, okay? I think that we put on identities and personal personality characteristics like being the drama queen, like being the person that's the troll. You know, it's socially acceptable in this young age group to be that way because it's cool. It's like, oh, well, I'm not boring if I have this personality or if I have something interesting about myself or... I'm going to talk a whole lot because I have something to say and I'm valuable and interesting. So all these different ways that energy vampirism comes up in the different types is just really we're afraid that we're, again, inadequate and we're insecure and we're, we're just afraid in general. So remember, if you're perpetuating energy vampirism, it's because maybe you fear being boring and we fear that we're not interesting and we have to be interesting to be valuable. That's what we think. That if we're not interesting, we're not valuable. And that's absolutely not true. And I want to end with talking about how energy vampirism is really just another form of addictive behavior. We get addicted to this behavior because it does feed us temporarily something to control a sense of discontentment that we're feeling deeply inside. It can perpetuate addiction, pain, fear, negativity, hopelessness, and just low energy. Again, when we're looking from the inside out and trying to find a sense of security within ourselves, building up our confidence, our self-love, finding adequacy within ourselves instead of comparing ourselves to other people, when we finally do that, we're hooking up to the life force energy that is within us, that endless well of energy that supplies us. And that's something that we need to learn to tap into. Because when we can do that, we can eradicate these addictive behaviors and these different types of energy vampirism. We can eradicate our own personal emotional fear and pain and negativity and hopelessness. Because energy vampires, when they feed, it's never enough. And that's why it's an addiction. It's one of those things that they are reliant on. And even in the mythology, you know, vampires cannot survive if they don't have anything to feed upon. Our goal here with learning about this topic today is not only recognize when you see an energy vampire and to give them love, give them support in the sense of boundaries and self-love for yourself of knowing when you need to stop and cut something off, 
but also we can change the way that we're interacting with other people to make sure that we're not also being an energy vampire. And when we do this, we can completely change the world. Now, how do we not let these energy vampires in? These are the three things I'm going to leave you with to really look at how you can stop this behavior within yourself and also how you can stop this behavior from other people. Now, number one is awareness. That's the basic reason why I'm doing this podcast. If we have awareness of this pattern within ourselves or within other people, and we can start to maybe pinpoint, oh my gosh, that person's a pessimist or they're a cynic or they're a complainer or a Debbie Downer. Oh no, that person's a talker for sure. Or that person's an emotional vampire. They're seeking support and pity and they're codependent. It's not just once in a while that they need my support. They're always needing my support. Or that person's a gossip and a drama queen. Or that person's straight up a troll or a bully. Or maybe they're passive aggressive or they're a sexual vampire or they're a hawk or they're a straight up manipulator. So if we can bring awareness and pinpoint and point a finger at something that we can go, that's what this is. That's what I'm sensing. That's why I feel tired after the situation or wow, I'm doing that. And that's why my partner wants to maybe not be around me right now. That's why they keep going away. And then it further perpetuate this feeling of inadequacy. Oh my gosh. Again, awareness is key. When we have that awareness in the first place, that's the number one thing, the number one thing we can do to stop energy vampires. And why I say it's the number one thing, because once you're aware of a pattern, after a while you see it so often and so much that it's so in your face that you just get tired of it and you start to actually do the next steps of changing it. And that's setting boundaries. And we don't set boundaries a lot of times until we do step two, though. So I'm going to go and and say awareness is number one, but step two is self-love. If we don't love and respect ourselves enough, we can talk about boundaries all the time, but we won't actually enact them. We can set a list of things we're going to do or say or not do. But if again, if we don't love ourselves and see value in ourselves, we won't do anything to enact those boundaries. So number one is awareness, number two is self-love, and number three is boundaries. And again, when you're going to go set a boundary with an energy vampire, it's not very productive to label them as a downer, or you're being an emotional vampire, or you're being a control freak, you're a troll. It's not productive to do that because it perpetuates that insecurity, that inadequacy, and the fear that's really causing the problem in the first place. So one of the ways we can set boundaries with energy vampires is either to, you know, just pull away. Um, We can communicate in a sense that works with that type of energy vampire by setting a loving boundary by saying, you know, let's change the subject here. If they're someone that's consistently pessimistic or, you know, complaining, or you can straight up say, you know, I really love being around, you know, I love this about your personality type. Let's just say that. Let's say, I love this about your personality, but when I'm around you, I really want to talk more about the things that uplift you and the things that uplift us. Because I know how I see that you get down on yourself when you're being cynical or complaining, and I want to see you happy because I love you. You can see how this is a completely different conversation that you can have with someone, especially a downer, um, just bringing awareness that you want to see them shining. You want to see them in in happiness and joy. And you notice that this is what seems to bring them down. And, you know, you can say, hey, I'm, I'm a ray of sunshine. I'll help you. You know, that type of thing. But I think that having that boundary with someone, whether it needs to be a soft, loving boundary, or we need to be dynamic in understanding that sometimes we need to have a hard, firm boundary. Because if you're 
bringing up something with someone, you're having awareness that they're an energy vampire or with yourself and having awareness you're doing it. You have self-love, step two, to be able to have that capacity to actually make some action steps. And then number three, you have that boundary. If you're able to set that boundary with firmness after the fact that you said it in a, in a gentle way, that's what's going to start to change and create a little bit of a, a shift in that pattern, even if you maybe need to eliminate that person from your life. Now, please remember with all things, relationships are dynamic. There's no one size fits all. Energy vampirism is something that is completely overtaken our world. There's no need to judge it. Just remember that we can become aware in the first place and categorize these different types of things so that we can start to be aware and become more loving and accepting of ourselves and those other people so that we can start to make boundaries with ourselves for being an energy vampire or with others in a way that's much more loving and in a way that may be much more receptive, um, not just for ourselves, but for other people. So I hope this really helped you guys. Again, if you have not, check out the show what we do in the shadows, or just look up on, I'll actually, you know what I'll do in the show notes, I'm going to put a couple of the uh, YouTube links to some of the really cool scenes in that show. Colin Robinson, the, the talker energy vampire and, and the emotional vampire Evie are interacting. I think that's a really good episode. And there's also one where there's a, a troll too. There's an internet troll as another energy vampire form. So I, I will share those in the show notes um, as links. So you can check those out. But if you have any comments or any anything you want to share about energy vampires that you've encountered, let us know. We'd love to hear your, your comments, your questions. And let us know how you deal with energy vampires in your life. Thank you so much for listening and be well until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Detox podcast. We wish you wellness and health in your mind, body, and spirit. And be well until next time, my friends.